You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, Let's take a look at some of the most enticing games in the SEC and where AM kind of falls in that category. Plus, we're going to be breaking down a little bit more film on Buddy Johnson, the Texas AM linebacker, and what he could bring to an NFL roster. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Go visit rockauto.com and type in Lockdown on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections for live low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. As always, for all of you watching on Tigna WFAA or any of our old listeners, new listeners, doesn't matter. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name right down there below for those of you who need to see. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So let's talk a little bit about Buddy Johnson. Buddy is a name that most people, I think, are trying to figure out where he best fits the next level. And I've heard from multiple different people, different draft grades, and that's fine. You know, everyone has their own system. Everyone has their own style. And more than any of that, everyone knows what they need. Some players fit in certain schemes. Others players fit in better schemes. And by scheme, it means you are more versatile as a player when you are in a, I would say, 4-3 system. Because with a 4-3 system, it's three athletic linebackers one is taken off in a base 4-3 when it comes to a nickel. But you have these three athletic guys. Each has their own role. When you play in a 3-4, you're actually adding more pressure in the pass rush than I would say you were in the run game, in um, you know, in coverage. The pass rush is your most essential thing because if you're playing with your three defensive linemen and nine times out of ten – your outside linebackers are just defensive ends that are playing standing nines. That's what it really is. So it limits the two linebackers. Usually they are trying to play yin and yang off each other. So if one is a thumper, one plays the run really well, one is good at blitzing, one stays low, the other one has to be very good in coverage. Uh, good open field tackler. Has to be able to make plays across the field. Athletic, fast, can move around. That is why... You know, when I talk to people about what Buddy Johnson is, they actually say, I think he could be an excellent middle linebacker in a 4-3 system, but I think that he will be a veteran who's around for 10 to 12 years if he goes to a 3-4. That's how talented he is when you ask him to be a one-dimensional player. And sometimes being one-dimensional doesn't mean, oh, I'm limited. It just means that I am a one-dimensional name. So for Buddy Johnson, guy who came into A&M out of Dallas, was a standout linebacker in high school, did a very good job dissecting plays underneath Tyrell Dodson and Otero Alaka, came in in 2019, became a full-time starter, 
Mike Elko's defense, a base 4-2-5. So it really still is a 4-3, but they play with the nickel defender as their starter and a two-linebacker set. It allowed him to kind of get used to functioning in what his role was. He was the run stopper. Aaron Hansford was the blitzer. He was supposed to be a little bit of the coverage guy, but he did okay in coverage. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had an interception return for a touchdown. He did okay, but he was the thumper. When a running back came past the first line defense, he had to make sure they didn't get past the second. That was his role. Stay low, stay close to the ground, rack up as many tackles as possible. Do not let the running back continue to move. That's an area he's done very well at. It's an area where, you know, when you talk to scouts about what Buddy Johnson brings, it's he is the ideal definition of a thumping linebacker. He makes plays. He stays near the line of scrimmage. He stays low. He makes sure that he is always the commander. And that's the thing that a lot of people like about him. The biggest thing that I've heard more than anything else is he's a leader. And that's something that I think we've heard about him since he was a sophomore and it's just developed over time. But scouts are seeing he is a leader. Fans are seeing he is a lever. People are seeing that he can be a very solid inside linebacker. Now, again, there's good and bad with everything that he does. The one thing I think, I think is bad about him, or I wouldn't say bad, but it's very limited, is his coverage skills. When you look back at that LSU game where he had the interception, it wasn't because of a great athletic play. It wasn't because of he was in the, you know, he was in coverage really well. It was right place at right time and poor ball placement from the quarterback. I mean, if you look through his progression, and I forget which what quarterback was out there at that play, but it was a three-step drawback. You had pressure from Leal, and I believe it was Tyree Johnson off the edge, and he stepped up into the throw and just tried to get rid of it. Didn't see number one hovering right in the area. Went right to him. I mean, guys, he didn't even move. And there was a clean running lane for him to get back and set up a big-time play. That that was the big play. And I mean, that's, that's not me saying I'm rude with him, but there's some things that he does need to work on. In coverage, he is tight. You don't see him really cover the tight ends. You don't see him really cover the slot receivers. He's not a Jeremiah Wusu koromora out of Notre Dame. He's not a Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. He's not a player who comes in and goes, oh, I'm going to be a role player in this way, and that's going to change the game. Does that hurt his stock? A little, overall, I would say. Does that mean he is not good enough to be a starting linebacker in the NFL? Over time, I would be very shocked if he wasn't. A lot of people always want to go, well, if you don't start in your first year, you're never going to be a good player. That's not true at all. That's, in fact, the furthest thing from it. I give you two years to figure it out. Now, for Buddy, he's going to get one year to prove he deserves a roster spot. He's going to get two years to prove he can figure it out. It's a little different. With guys who are in the sixth and seventh round, which is where most people say Buddy Johnson's going to go, uh, I had an NFC scout text me that they were very high on him, and their highest grade of the ones that they saw was his at a late fifth, early sixth. So that, 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 like that's going to be his window. The first year is proving I can make a name for myself on special teams. I am here for a reason. There is a reason you need to keep me. After that, you slowly develop. If you can become a full-time starter by the end of that time, great. 
and the GM will look so smart. But if you can't, it's more so, hey, we need to keep this guy for another year. Let's develop him a little bit more. We have guys who are coming up into contract years. Do we want to keep them? Can we go cheaper? Can we get a more affordable option? That's why you go get those six rounders to see if they have anything they can do. And sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. I think everyone's always so enamored by like, oh, Richard Sherman was a fifth round pick. Yeah, he was. And if you watch his rookie tape, he probably should not have been starting for, I think it was seven games, but he developed into the second year. And by the third year, he was an elite player. It just takes time. And it also takes the right system. System is just as important. So for me with Buddy Johnson, I think he needs to land in a system that will allow him to do the three things that he does best. The first is be a leader. The second is recover for any mishaps in front of him and be physical at the line of scrimmage when stopping the run. That is what I think you need to see. This was a thing that an, uh, an NFL scout said about him, according to NFL.com. Great person, took on the leadership role over the last couple of years, and it's a big reason why they were so focused on the defense this year. That alone, the leadership alone, will get Buddy Johnson into the NFL. Where do I think his best fit is? I'll be discussing that in just a quick moment. But before I do, you know what I really don't like? I don't like going to places when I know I can just do it myself. Every single time I do something, I want to be able to know that I was the one who installed it. So when you go and get your car you know, inspected, you have to pay a service fee. You have to pay a production fee. You have to pay a shipping fee. And then you have to pay an installment fee. Why not just cut all that out and just pay for the shipping fee when you go visit rockauto.com? RockAuto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine modules to tail lights to brake pads. So whatever you need for your daily driver or building up a uh, an old classic, they will have the parts for you. And it's really easy to go navigate through their entire system. Just click on the catalog, the year, the model, and look at, of course, the price. RockAuto.com will have the lowest prices that cannot be beat whenever you need a part. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how to hear about section so they know that we sent you amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas AM. Give me 25 minutes. If you give me just 25 minutes of your day, I will be able to get you caught up on everything you need in sports. Well, not me, but Peter Kowski and the Locked On Today staff. Locked On Today is our brand new show here at the Locked On Podcast Network that covers all major sports, getting you caught up with everything you need to know in 25 minutes or less. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so Buddy Johnson, where does he best fit? Um, I'm going to go with three teams real fast, and then I'll let you decide what you think is the best fit for Buddy. But to me... Let's just start this out. If he is to go to a 4-3 defense, where he has to be a leader, where he has to be more versatile, where he can't just be, you know, the stalemate rock in the wall, it's the New York Jets. It's immediately the New York Jets. Why? Because of Robert Sala's work with linebackers is what makes him so unique as a coach. Not only is he loved by his players, Ask anyone in Seattle, ask anyone in San Francisco, ask anyone in Houston. They will say Robert Sala was loved by his coaches. He was loved as a coach. Now he gets a shot to be a head coach with the New York Jets. Do they need a linebacker? They added um, 
uh, Jared Davis, the former Florida linebacker. They still have C.J. Mosley, who will probably be their Mike backer. So Davis is probably going to be the Sam. And they do need a will because I think it's Blake Cashman. And, and Blake's a nice guy, and I think that Blake is someone who could have a breakout year in the right system, but they still need depth behind him. CJ's is expensive. He opted out last year. He only played in two games in the first year of his five-year deal. They could find a way to release him after the season. So what you do is you go get a linebacker to back him up to where you go, okay, listen, we really like this kid. Hard worker, plays the run, can be a little bit stiff in coverage. So you have to show why we want to keep you for the price that we're going to pay. It adds competition. It adds, you know, a little bit of, I would say, not animosity, but I definitely would say it adds an extra element of leadership from the most important position in the leadership role on defense. Definitely not the most important position on defense, but in a leadership standpoint, yeah, the field general is, and that's your middle linebacker. And it allows Johnson to learn from a guy who helped transform Bobby Wagner into an all-pro, Fred Warner into an all-pro, a pro bowler, and K.J. Wright. Uh, you know, I even very much think Dre Greenlaw, what we saw from him in his first two years in the NFL, you saw exactly what he could bring to a table. And, and Dre Greenlaw was like a fourth or fifth round pick. I very much like Dre Greenlaw. I thought that he was a fantastic player coming out of South Carolina. So you could go get a guy who is maybe not used to that system and you allow him to play. And the one thing I will say is if they run a lot of base four, three, which means a lot of just um, nickel defense, like a no, not a lot of nickel defense. They're playing a, the run a lot. You could probably get away with playing Johnson actually a lot more. And if you really want to, you could probably get him to play the sandbacker role and move Davis over to the willbacker role if that was your case, if you were playing a lot of base 4-3. So he actually is only dissecting one area, very similar to what he was doing in a 4-2-5. So let's just say he goes to a 3-4 system. What are the best 3-4 systems out there? There's a few. Uh, the very first one that comes to mind, though, to me, would be uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need a linebacker? Not entirely. You know, Devin White is going into his third year, so he still has two years left on his rookie deal from 2018 or 2019. Wow, I completely – man, that time really does fly. Um, but you also have Levante David, who you just signed a three-year extension with. Uh, and don't get me wrong, it's very incentive-based. It's very much – over time, he will make more based off of how much production. You won't be out that much if you find a way to release him. If he has a down year, I don't see that happening, especially when they just won a Super Bowl. But what Todd Bowles does is he allows his linebackers to build off each other. For without a doubt reason, the number one and the number two linebacker in the country was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because of what Devin White did, Levante David did. But the other thing is, what Levante David didn't do, Devin White was able to make up for it. What Devin White didn't do, Levante David was able to make up for it. So they played very well off each other. And that's the thing that you need with two linebackers in a 3-4 system. Nine times out of ten, one of them, though, could be taken off the field. You could take off you know, a defensive lineman to add an extra pass rusher, add a nickel defender. And, and Todd Bowles' defense did that a lot. I actually believe they took off more of the defensive line and they had it be a three, four, five, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, a two, four, five, if I'm not mistaken, because they would have two blisters on the outside and uh, uh, Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul. 
I think William Goldston was the one who would come out a lot, and you would have Ndamukong Sue and Vita Vea play up front. Jamel Dean would come in to the outside, and you bump Sean Murphy Bunting into the into the nickel position, and you kept both Levante David and Devin White on the field because of David is a really good player in open field tackling, and White is a sneaky good player in coverage. So if Buddy takes over, it would be about I would say two years before he would, but. To learn underneath a guy like Todd Bowles would be very critical for the start of his career. But the number one place I do like him, the number one place I do think Buddy Johnson could have the most success, at least for now, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me explain. They're going to a 3-4 system. You already have your pass rush and Caleb on chase on and Josh Allen. The other Josh Allen, by the way. You have one linebacker who has underachieved since his contract extension in Miles Jack. You have another linebacker in Joe Schobert who you don't know what his role technically is. You know, last year, was he the cover guy? Was he the thumper? One of these two in a new regime under, uh, under I always blank on who the new DC is there, uh, but under Urban Meyer, let's go with that. They're going to want a college kid who understands and, and gets the concepts, what they want to bring early on. Miles Jack becomes expensive. Joe Schobert becomes expensive. Buddy Johnson does not. It's it, it's the closest thing you will see to a college scheme this year transforming over. Because Urban Meyer is going to make sure that the young players, his role players, because keep in mind, most of the stars on that team are a year or less out of college. Two, year, two years or less, my bad. They're two years or less out of college. So they still understand the college concepts. The way to win with this style of play is to get a college concept guy in there. So get younger talent, build around this, build around this quarterback, build around with these defensive players. You don't need to spend all this money in free agency on these players when you can just draft and get really good players. You can develop over time at a cheap, affordable option. And then you can go out and you can go ahead and get those big time players. That's what Jacksonville kind of did this off season when they went and they got Shaquille Griffin. Uh, I know they were making a play at Joe Tooney. Uh, they were definitely making a play at, you know, extending certain players on their own roster. You know, some of that money's got to go to like DJ Chark. Go get yourself a linebacker and whichever role you want Miles Jack in or whatever role you want Joe Schobert in, that's great. You know what it also does? It also gives an extra element to Johnson's game. So my three teams, number one is Jacksonville. Number two would be, um, what did I say? Uh, Number two is, um, oh, yeah, uh, I blame that, Tampa. And number three to me would be the New York Jets, just for Robert Sala. If Buddy Johnson goes to one of those teams, I would be very excited to see what his NFL career could be. College baseball is back. So is the MLB. Both are in full swing, and with it, it's time to make some big-time bets. So the one place we love and the one place we trust is betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you all the best bets, the best payouts, and the best lines when you go follow them on social media at BetOnline underscore AG. But the coolest thing is you don't have to bet on just games. Bet on, you know, bet on something with the movie. Bet on the outcome of a TV show. Bet on reality television. Who's moving on in The Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever you want. They have an option for you. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. When you go visit uh, betonline.ag and type in the promo code locked on, you will receive a 50% deposit with your first bet. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. 
Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. We've been talking a lot about Buddy Johnson, and there's a reason for it, too. It's draft season. It's going to be right around the corner. So what do you need to do? Listen to our brand new shows, the Draft Dude Podcast, featuring Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, breaking down every single prospect film-wise, or Locked On NFL Draft with Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak, where they break down their recent mock drafts, best team fits, and overall status of where the draft is headed going into the final few weeks. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so I said we're going to talk about what are some of the most anticipated games in the SEC and where does AM fall in that category. This is a really fun year for AM because of they're coming off a 9-1 and season. They're coming off a year where everything was clicking towards the end. And if we're going just based off of, oh, well, they lost to Alabama and Alabama this and Alabama that and Alabama, 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 and then it's 28 points and then Ohio State loses by 28 points and AM is the five seed and Ohio State is the four seed, there's an argument to be made that Ohio State did not need to be in the championship. There's an argument for it. I'm not saying it's a great one, but there is one. Definitely there is one. But again, here we go. It's a brand new year, brand new system. What's going to be the easiest to, to fix for a and I'd say right now the defense, missing parts there. They have the pieces. Uh, with quarterback, I actually think it's not that big of a deal. I think the offensive line is a lot bigger of a deal. You're losing four starters. You have three capable young men who could be with this roster for the next three to four years to be your quarterback. I don't see a problem there. I just hope that one of them can step up and be the true number one tier one guy, but I don't really see a problem there. So anticipation is going to be the biggest thing. Everyone is excited to see what this AM team can be, where this AM team can go. What's the level of competition this AM team can bring to the table? Where is AM headed? Are they going to be a team that was just really hot last season? Or are they going to be a team that was incredibly showing off that they had the chance to be the next SEC powerhouse? Well, according to 24-7 Sports, they did a rankings on the most anticipated games. In 2021, I'm just going to go through some of the lists. I'm not going to read off unless it's AM. You have Ole Miss of Tennessee. Everyone knows that one because let's be real. It is, of course, Lane Kiffin saying, I will never leave Tennessee. And then the next night he goes to USC. After that, it is uh, Georgia and South Carolina. The return of Will Muschamp to Georgia makes a lot of sense. Texas AM and Ole Miss. Why is this one on the list? Well, it's because of everyone wanted to know if Texas AM could finish, you know, perfectly in the SEC schedule and they did but they also had a game taken off because of COVID and because of recancellations and reinstallations they were only allowed one last game and they already scheduled their game with Tennessee for that weekend the find the extra weekend week 14 I think it was so they didn't get to play Ole Miss who had a COVID outbreak and they now will get that opportunity this is a game for AM that people say is a must win because of there's going to be the animosity of not playing last year. There's going to be the which team, led by this former uh, Nick Saban assistant, is going to take that next step. And these are two teams that have something that could be, at the end of the year, special. Number one, this could easily be the SEC's number one defense. Offensively, even though they lost Elijah Moore, which is going to sting, Matt Coral and the Rebels offense could be the number one offense in the SEC. Hands down. They both are a team that should finish top 25 next year. Both have an opportunity to finish top 10. Both definitely have an opportunity to make an SEC New Year's Six Bowl game. 
and I do believe that if AM wins this game, they put themselves in a firm driver's seat because it's just, I think it's, I want to say it's two weeks after Alabama. If they get past Ole Miss, they are cleanly driving themselves to Atlanta for the national title game. After that, of course, you have Auburn, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Auburn, you know, the, the Battle of the Plains, LSU, Alabama. Why not? Same thing. Alabama, Florida, again, we have that rivalry. Georgia, Florida with the largest cocktail party. And to close things out, without a doubt, the biggest game of the year is going to be on October 9th. It is going to be a monumental game. Players, and on tomorrow's show, we're actually talking with Anaya Smith and we're talking with Kenyon Green. So we'll be able to hear their animosity as well. But this is the game that has already been circled on AM players' calendars. This is the game that people are like, yep, we need to go get this game. This is the game where everyone's going, wow, if we do this, oh, we are set up perfectly. This is that game. This game coming up on October 9th, to me, decides the SEC championship winner. I believe that if Georgia's defense can really start to get on the right footing, they have a shot. I do not believe in Florida. I really want to believe in Kentucky. I can't. I'm definitely not believing in Hypel and Tennessee. Not getting my hopes up there. And I think Shane Beamer is at least going to take a year to develop as South Carolina's head coach. Clark Leah with Vanderbilt, he's out. So this really comes down to can Alabama or A&M show why they're the number one team in the SEC? All bets are off. This is the game. It's easily, it was voted on by 24-7 Sports. This is the number one game in the SEC next year. You had a team that entered the season last year as the number one team, and they got blown out by 28 points. You look at that team in week 10 or week 12, and look at Alabama in week 12, Alabama may win. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Alabama still may win. But you're not winning by 28. You're winning by five. You're winning by seven. You're winning by 10 at the most. That's what you're doing. So I look at that and I go, okay, I believe that if this AM team, especially a quarterback, because again, here's the biggest thing new quarterback in Bryce Young, new quarterback in Haynes King or Zach Halzada or Eli Stower, but new quarterback. Who's going to be the, who's going to be the guy? They both have veteran receivers returning. They both have veteran wide uh, tight ends returning. They both have players who have been in the system on the offensive line, even though that they each lost major role players in the offensive line. Landon Dickerson, Alex Leatherwood, uh, Deontay Brown. I think that was it. But they have that left tackle. So very similar to Kenyon Green. They're a very similar team. Who's going to be the team that steps up? Whichever team does is the winner of the SEC championship. That is my prediction today. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure all of you at Tigna and WFAA are following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, Kenyon Green and Anaya Smith, two of the biggest offensive names going into 2021. What do they have to say at their press conference earlier this week? We're discussing all that and much, much more. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, again, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.